Welcome to the Really Simple Investing Podcast, where you can learn from others how to be a successful investor. We bring you investors, authors, and experts in investing to help you learn more about how you can invest in some really simple ways. If you want to be a successful investor, join us every week for the interview. Welcome to the Really Simple Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Floyd Saunders, and today we have as our guest, Alexandria Doshevin. She came to the United States from Bulgaria, worked in music for a number of years as a concert violinist for orchestra in the Syracuse area, a doctorate in arts and violin performance from the Louisiana State University in 2007. Tell us a little bit about your music career before we start talking about investing. Hi, everyone. My name is Alexandra Dolcele. Yes, I was a musician for 26 years. I was born in a musician's family in Bulgaria. So back in the days of socialism, communism, where your parents had a profession, you were expected to, you know, follow in their footsteps. And I was a musical child. They discovered this very early on. So they put the violin in my hands when I was six years old. So then I went on to go to specialized music school for four years, meaning I learned very few sound classes and a lot of music subjects for 12 years, mm-hmm. which kind of limited the perspective. It was great if I were to continue with music, which I really intended to. And I, obviously, I earned my bachelor's degree after that in Bulgaria in the conservatory of music. And then I came to the States and earned my master's and doctoral in music. And that was in 2007. I finished the doctoral. I defended my monograph. And then I realized I needed to embark on a different career because of the market conditions and me not being as competitive as I wanted to be as a violinist. So in 2007, I became a doctor of musical arts, and then I figured, well, I could teach in a university, but how do I tell my students that it might take 10 to 15 years before they score a job with an orchestra when you're Perfect. competing against 40 to 500 people? And in 2008, it was clear the financial crisis hit, and things were not going well. I always loved science, and I knew that nursing would not require another 11 years in college. I could do it between two and three years, or earn an associate degree, and immediately get a job anywhere in the world because there was such a dire need for nurses. Yeah. Nobody wanted to do the dirty job. That's how I decided to do it, and just dedicate time to studying, just as I had dedicated many hours a day for many years to practicing violin. I figured I can replace this with reading the big textbooks and become a nurse. And that's exactly what I did. Yes, so I graduated from St. Joseph's College of Nursing in 2011. I became a nurse. I understood that job security was a myth. I saw the high turnover, the burnout, and I said, okay, I will continue being a nurse, but I also have to learn how to invest. And then it was my boyfriend's dream to come live in Arizona. And I said, well, apparently Arizona is a great market for real estate investing. Why don't we move? gathering my real estate investing team because I already knew that what I needed to do. I had to gather a team, find a lender, find a real estate agent, find who was an investor so that they can teach me a little bit. Uh, PA, lawyer, structure my first LLC and uh, purchase the first property in October of 2014. We had never purchased property before. Uh, we purchased a fourplex. I mean, I purchased the fourplex. To develop a team that you work with, not really possible to have all the competencies that one might need uh, to set up a real estate business or any kind of investing practice. Uh, you may not understand taxes, for example, so a CPA might, things like that. So that's a really wise point. Your standpoint is team together. So after you got your team together and you've purchased your first property, what happened next? We moved into one of the four apartments. We renovated the remaining three. 
we lived in the fourth one, broken and old and decrepit as it was, because the first priority was to provide a good place for the tenants. We found the tenants. Uh, I mean, many of the tenants' leases expired and they wanted to go to houses. I mean, I, I ended up as a completely inexperienced investor with three empty apartments. It was, so we figured, okay, let's invest money and renovate these apartments nicely. Start from scratch with a new lease. I did my best to bring these three apartments to a very nice livable condition. And then we found a tenant. And I always, uh, the other thing I did, which was important, I started with my rent in the middle of the market and I always drift toward the low end of the market so that people find it attractive and stay. And plus, if I structured the deal right, I don't need to bank on my tenants and take the skins off their back to live well, right? So that's another point. I can definitely tell you that I have the, the most affordable housing in the Phoenix area right now with all of my properties because all of my uh, purchases were bought in a way that I could afford not to exponentially raise the rents like pretty much everybody did and double their leases in a matter of one year. And then I went ahead and purchased a couple more single family properties. And uh, now we're completely financially free. We can choose to work or not work. I managed the properties. Did you finally invest in the single family properties to be better from a cash flow standpoint or was it four unit apartment? It really depends how you look at it, Floyd. Uh, the four unit, uh, the apartment building was at the deepest learning curve because of the turnover. But now I had had tennis for five or six years in all these apartments. The <laughs> single family halls immediately found tenants. Like the, the day I put the advertisement, I had tenants the next day. And in all of these single-family properties, the tenants have stayed to the present day. So we're talking five, six-year tenants now, seven right. almost. Uh, so from that perspective, yes, uh, cash flow, we would have a four-unit uh, building. Even if a tenant leaves, you still have cash flow. So there are trade-offs, but again, with a single-family house, you do get a family that... You manage these properties directly. You don't have investment property uh, management company. No, I don't. I don't because it's very hard for me to trust people. I don't want anybody to touch my properties unless I absolutely have to hire somebody. I did plenty Mm -hmm. of research on that. I understand they charge a very nice percentage from your growth income. And I'm not convinced that they manage them any better than I manage my own property. Mm -hmm. And I love the learning. I like uh, to be able to go there frequently enough to see what's going on and to be in charge of my business because that's my responsibility ultimately. And so at this point, you have a four-unit apartment building and two a rental properties, or do you have more at this point? A couple of more. You have several single-family homes. So at what point do you decide that you want to invest in more rental properties? Is, is it based upon having positive cash flows from the existing properties and they're building up the income from that, so you have more money to purchase another property, or do you stay highly leveraged? My goal was to have income enough to cover all of my monthly expenses, mine and my boyfriend. We made our house debt disappear in five and a half years, the 30-year house law, so we're completely uh, debt-free with our house. And at this point, like I said, we can stop working because the income from the properties is plenty to cover both of our monthly expenses. And have even more money on top of that. So that's the criterion. Can you or can you not work because you want to work or you must work? And uh, to me, that's great. I may purchase more properties if I find a crazy awesome deal now with this inflation. But I'm honestly not in need for that because uh, it just has worked so well. And I even managed to invest money in my book project. And now I started the holistic coaching business. I mean, things are growing from there. You have to be very careful when you buy investment properties because you have to manage them really well to make people stay and things break. 
And we may purchase one or two more properties in the next five years, depending on the market. What does that mean by for you, depending on the market? What are the market conditions that would dictate to you that it's appropriate to buy more properties at this time or not? I just I want a property that will grow in value realistically and not drop in value in two years because the bubble burst. Still very, very good time. Right now, I wouldn't buy uh, unless, like I said, I find an excellent seller's finance deal. Like, there's been lots of markets across the United States where real estate properties have gone up 20 or 25% a year. So now that's yeah. a 40% appreciation. That's really not sustainable. The average middle-income person can no longer afford to buy a home. So that Absolutely. leaves rental, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's how I learned what a bubble is when I read the uh, economics book by four very renowned economists. They were saying if if you skip prices of uh, commodities grow exponentially faster than people's wages, then that's a bubble. And the real estate market absolutely proves it. And it has gone up exponentially. Uh, I've been approached by tons of investors to buy my properties. I'm not going to sell my properties. That's my um, retirement plan. This is my business and I really love doing it because I'm not in investing for capital gains. I'm really a cash flow investor. And that's an important point. I think when it comes to real estate investing, deciding whether you're a cash flow investor or whether you're looking to uh, achieve capital gains by flipping the properties. And of course, with capital gains, you have taxes. And, you know, some of the guests that I've had on some previous episodes of the podcast to talk about how you can structure the ownership of properties so that you can avoid some of those taxes. But eventually, Uncle Sam wants his money, doesn't he? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind if I can uh, roll it over nicely, but it's just not the type of hassle I want in my life right now because, like I said, the properties are performing very well. And I appreciate the effort I put in the first five years to learn how to manage these properties so that I can rely on the cash flow. And it is a learning curve. If you keep flipping properties, you master another skill. You master the skill of finding a property that can be renovated when you have to know the right things to be wrong with it. As Robert Allen puts it in his wonderful book, Creating Wealth, which I have read three times. It's one of my favorites. But um, it was just not something that attracted me. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I just like the keeping the assets and having the consistent cash flow. For me, right. that's important. So I can so quit this- my job if I have to. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I want to take a quick break. We're going to come back and then we're going to talk about Alexander's book. It's really simple, a holistic approach to self-confidence, a practical guide. And in that practical guide, you also talk a little bit about investing, but some of the other aspects of self-confidence. We'll be right back with more great ideas for investing and building your financial security. If you're seriously interested in building your wealth, Join us every week on the Really Simple Investing Podcast and check out our website at reallysimpleinvesting.com. You'll find more great podcasts, our blog on investing, and some great books from Floyd Saunders. Books like Investing for Beginners and Five Paths to Wealth. Sign up for our newsletter so you don't miss listening to our guests and learn even more about the simple things you can do to become a successful investor. You're still listening to the Really Simple Investing Podcast. I'm your host. We're here with Alexander Gosevich, the author of A Really Simple A Holistic Approach to Self-Confidence, A Practical Guide. Um, I take it you wrote this book after you started investing, after you started building up your, I guess, self-confidence around investing. Talk to me a little bit more about the reason why you wrote this book. So the self-confidence issue has 
20-year history. I struggled with real lack of confidence and self-esteem for over 20 years, and it was mostly self-inflicted. Okay. So when I established myself financially, I realized, you know, I can help lots of people because, well, it was Brenda suggested this in Bulgaria after she heard everything I went through. She said, you know, you really need to write about this because there are so many people who are afraid to start new things. They are stuck in professions that uh, they hate. So I started writing the book in the beginning of 2020, ironically, a month after my father passed away. And yeah. somehow I got this idea of the structure of the book that I can tell people about how my, so I optimize my health 100% because I am a nurse and I have to serve as a 100% example to my patients and loved ones if I want them to follow any of my advice as a nurse. So I described this in five chapters. Obviously, I'm biased about health because I'm a healthcare professional. But then I also talked about the spiritual aspect of life. Then the financial and career aspect, I separate the two aspects because career and finances are different, right? People think they sure. can get to richly their careers. That's really not always the case because you're making rich the person you're working for. But the purpose of the career is to learn how to truly master good skills and marketing skills and be really useful to those around you with your skills and services. And then the financial aspect is, what do you do with the money that you don't spend? How do you structure your spending plan so you can have enough money to invest and grow financially on your own and have the choice to work or not to work five or 10 years from now, right? And then, of course, the relationship aspect, very important. Who you associate with will determine your health choices, your financial choices, your spiritual choices, everything in your life. You can make huge mistakes or excellent decisions based on who you associate with. So this whole structure came to me like in an hour, and I got very inspired and I started writing the book. Uh, it's autobiographical in many ways, but also teaches you many practical things about health because I am a whole foods organic vegan, five and a half years already. No compromises, no excuses, no exceptions. I've seen great health benefits with me and my boyfriend, especially so I described all this to let people know it's not hard to have excellent health if you take the responsibility and commit to uncompromising discipline. And the same exact principle transfers to your financial line in your relationship choices, and you apply the same principle that I have described in the book, you won't fail in any of your life aspects. And it's worth greatest transformed quite a few people's lives already. Do you talk at all in your book about having a vision about yourself and where you want to go and what you want to achieve in your life? Do you think it's important to have this idea about how you want to achieve something, whether it's you know investing in real estate or becoming a nurse or whatever it is, we all make these decisions, don't we, about what we want to do with our life and how we want to define our life, either consciously or maybe subconsciously to a certain extent. Does your book talk a little bit more about those conscious decisions that you're making around all these aspects? Goals. Goal setting, planning, and implementation without compromise. I talk a lot about that. The whole book is promulgated with this whole concept of how you are responsible with your goal choices and then their implementation. And when you talk about money and investing, you invested in real estate. Of course, there's plenty of opportunities to invest in other things. Uh, I've read that most self-made millionaires invest only in two things, real estate and passive index funds. Uh, I take it you also do some option trading. Is that correct? Option trading, oh, that was a very big help with the paying of the house. Deck. Yes, options trading. I took some speculative trades. I had that. I've made some mistakes, but the earnings far outweigh the losses. And that's really helped us 
along with the income from the real estate to pay off our house debt in five and a half years. Okay. When you do option trading, do you have a particular strategy? Is this uh, very short-term options like trading or is it more along the line of a swing trading where you hold an option for a period of time or you wait for it to uh, reach its strike price as maturity? How do you do it? I do wait till the strike price. I haven't purchased a single option in my life, Floyd. I only sell options. I only sell quotes and then if I end up assigned, I sell calls all day long. But yes, I wait till maturity. A couple of times I had to manage the risk and discontinue the trade before it matured. However, um, it really is selling insurance. I have found this to be the most uh, efficient strategy for me. And I do trades between three months and six months. Mm-hmm. And, and do, you, do you look at particular aspects of the market? I mean, you trade large caps, small caps, uh, stocks. How do you do that? Penny stocks. I trade penny yeah. stocks. Penny stocks. Okay. Absolutely. Well, that's a, okay. yeah, a high-risk area, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. But if you don't take risks, you don't go anywhere. To and I was, I was the least risk taker you could imagine for over 20 years. So this has reversed. And I had taken the responsibility for certain mistakes. I had corrected the mistakes. And I, I cash flowed for, for the longest time. And considering uh-huh. my complete ignorance with this five, six, seven years ago. But I was careful. Look, as far as the options... I also purchased a course on options trading. I didn't just jump into it because I was clueless. So right. I took a, a month worth of a class very carefully. I took all the notes you can imagine. And then I started extremely small with paper trading. It wasn't even real trading. I paper traded for a year and a half before I went into risking my own money. Excellent I'm strategy. Prudent. I'm very, very methodical, very disciplined, very prudent. So I think that's an important aspect of any kind of trading activity is to be prudent and cautious. And have a plan about where you approach it. Manage your risk, as they say. You only do puts. Is that what you said? You're covered call. I do a covered call if I end up assigning the stock after put trade expires. Mm. If I end up buying it by obligation from the uh, under the market price, that's when I sold the put, and then I say sell calls. And eventually, if the call gets you know uh, assigned, then I lose the stock. But I I don't like to keep stock. I don't like that. Um, it's a very volatile market, and I really don't like to cling all things out of my real estate. So that's how you manage volatility, is to keep a close eye on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've been talking with Alexandra Dostovich, and she's a author of the really, it's really simple, A Holistic Approach to Self-Confidence, A Practical Guide. What do you think can really benefit from reading your book? Honestly, Floyd, this is the book I wish I could have read 15 or 16 years ago. Because I really covered everything that I felt was lacking in all the other books that I read about various things. And it's a very simple, a very, very simple approach, but uh, people who can benefit. So, so people going through midlife crisis, people mm. at a crossroads in life. And then since the COVID pandemic, I hate to say that because I thought people in their early 30s to mid 50s could benefit from the book, but actually much younger people can take advantage of it now as well because these younger people saw a lot of stress in their young years and they have learned that they must adapt much faster than we had to adapt when we were their age, our generation, different way of adaptation. But mm-hmm. I think there is more stress on the younger people right now than there was even in my time. Um, so they could benefit also quite a bit from this book, I think. Okay. And your book is 
available on sites like Amazon. So the book is available in many places. It's called It Really Is Simple, A Holistic Approach to Self-Confidence, a Practical Guide. My name is Alexandra Dolceva. And uh, my website is holisticselfconfidence.com. That's where it's available in paperback and ebook format. The paperback is only available to the US because of the shipping prices, but ebook is the same price on my website on Amazon Kindle, Barnes and Noble, Look, Apple Books, and uh, uh, Smashwords. Well, it sounds like a great book for people to pick up. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today about your career and investing in real estate and your nursing career and your background in music. That's all very interesting background information for people. It demonstrates that you can probably uh, get started in investing regardless of what your background is. When you say- that's right. That's right. So that's why I started the coaching business a year ago because hope, like you said, you're a coach, right? And eventually said, well, yeah, I am a coach. And then I started the business page with the coaching and all that. And I have been mentoring people since and coaching them depending on their need and goals. I, I, I urge them to work on every aspect of their life to be around well-rounded people and uh, holistic and successful because that's what being holistic is all about. Include all those uh, links to your website, your book, your coaching business, all that sort of thing in the show notes and in the descriptions so that people can reach out to you if they feel that they can benefit from what you're talking about. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Floyd. I really appreciate it and hope you have been helpful to your audience. Thank you for joining us for the Really Simple Investing Podcast. Every week, we bring you fresh ideas for investing and really simple ways to invest and build for your financial security. Be sure and hit the like button, subscribe, follow us on our social media channels, and tell your friends. And if you'd like to be a guest on Really Simple Investing, just go to the contact page on our website and send us an inquiry. Thanks. We appreciate our audience so much.